Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Well, let me let me do an intro. Then we'll kick it off. Let's go. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even fun. All right, all right, all right. I'm channeling my inner Matthew McConaughey today as I start the podcast, Making Data Simple. Welcome to everybody out there. I hope you're staying positive. I made my daughters read The Energy Bus. If anybody out there hasn't read it, it's a great book. They just gave me a book today that says the no complaining rule. So I don't know know what that means, but I'm going to read that. Got to stay positive. Today I have, or we're going to talk about what I would say is the definition of data. Surely the folks out there have read or have watched the movie Moneyball, which is a true story. It's actually about the Oakland Athletics baseball team. I think it was in 2002, somewhere around there. And the general manager, Billy Bean, was tasked with a huge challenge. And that was to assemble a competitive team uh, with a limited budget, very limited budget, a small market team. I feel that pain because I live in Kansas City. But anyway, so what he did is use sophisticated analytics and combine that with the scouting to analyze players and that helped him measure in-game activity, et cetera, and then made decisions based on that. Got rid of a lot of good players, but they didn't match up with the statistics he needed for his team. I think of that movie now every time I have this guest on. This guest has been on, I don't know, you're going to have to tell me, Nancy, two or three times. I think uh, one of the first podcasts, I think she was in like the the top five or top 10 when we started this podcast. Back then, she was the director of offering management, IBM Analytics, then she went on to be the chief data or chief digital officer. And now she is the chief marketing and product officer for Stats Perform, unless something's changed. I last had her on in November of 2020, and we chatted a little bit about this. But back to the Moneyball reference, she's driving analytics for sports, all sports, I think. She's going to have to educate me. I have to mm-hmm. admit I'm a little jealous. I'm a sports guy. Sounds like a ton of fun. <laughs> If there's a list of my favorite people, Nancy is on it. And usually I have some notes before I have somebody on the podcast. I have zero notes. So <laughs> Nancy, welcome to the podcast. I know Thank you and I can chat just like we're at the bar. How the hell have you been? I'm good. Who needs notes? We don't need notes. Right? <laughs> zero notes. I promise you. I got nothing. So um, how have you been? What have you been up to? Really good. Living the dream, right? I mean, Who else could, what better job could there be besides dealing with data and sports every single solitary day, right? There's nothing better out there, honestly. So I didn't um, exaggerate, did I? I mean, that's what you do every day, right? All sports. Is there any sports you don't do? There's very few sports we don't do. We concentrate on a couple of key sports because you can. we go very, very deep on things like soccer, for example, and tennis. Um, but we cover all the global sports, basketball, football, baseball, um, you know, even some sports that people probably haven't heard of. <laughs> so like Padel, <laughs> badminton, well, badminton people have heard of. But um, yeah, we, we cover all sports and we go really, really deep on a few sports. So we talked in 2020. I'm serious. What have you been up to? You're just working all the time? Oh, you, wow. We're now through COVID? Kinda, I don't know. We've been, been up innovating. To innovating. That's right. All right. <laughs> and innovating. Yep. I, I think that was, uh, yeah, that was not too long after I started the role. 
Um, so now I, I probably can give you a much deeper picture of some of the cool things that we're doing. Awesome. And you're right. It's all about data, but now it's really about combining different kinds of data along with predictions or our outputs from live AI models using ML and getting even more contextualized view of the game. So for example, let's take a soccer example because soccer is a low scoring game. So if you just look at surface layer statistics of a soccer game, whether it's 1-1 or 1-2 or 2-0, a lot of them look the same. So you wanna get deeper contextualized view of the game to really understand like what happened on the pitch. And so we can create these live updating models that give you a deeper view like um, a model we call momentum, which measures the swing of the game. And you can actually look at when things, when the momentum changed, what was, what, what was happening on the field. And it just gives you like a deeper view or a different way to really enjoy the game. So we switched to pushing into the live AI space about a year and a half ago, which by the way, was hard. It's really hard to productionalize live AI into um, applications. And so we've learned a ton about doing that. And that's given us a, a much broader view and also opened up a bunch of use cases in sports. So it's not just, we're not just creating really advanced analytics and statistics for analysts. We're actually doing it for the fans now as well and broadcasters. Is that on demand then? So yeah. So basically there's a couple different ways consumers can get these types of, of visualizations, can consume it. One is they can actually just have the visualization run on demand as a part of their broadcast. So we have lots of European broadcasters that, that actually put it on the screen and, and do like a recap of the last few minutes and talk about like what was happening when the swing changed, where were what was the the formation of the on the field? We have actually have a another model that automatically detects the formation in soccer as well, which is really hard because soccer is very dynamic. It's not like American football where they line up and you kind of can tell what can what's going to happen based on how they line up. Soccer's not like that. <laughs> so a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to analyze formation so that they can create strategy. We can automatically detect that as well. But we also have new broadcasting tools that will that basically can make this really consumable like a live dashboard for a broadcaster or even a live blogger and we just um we launched that about a year ago we've been adding new sports to it in fact we just did a big launch and we filmed the launch in soldier field it was awesome <laughs> you filmed the launch what does that mean in soldier field like you filmed we the had, big party or we filmed the, we filmed the product launch from soldier field yeah so it was great because the, nice. the the sport we added was NFL and NCAA. Um, so we we uh, we were at Soldier Field. It was so much fun to be on. Well, was the sport Soldier going Field. on at the time? No, no, no. I mean, we were you watching a football we just, game? No, we we, oh. we just did it. We, it was in June, so Soldier Field was oh, much dude, more available dude. then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hold um, on. Now I'm gonna let me pause for a second. I want to come back to that. But what mm -hmm. have you been personally doing? I mean, how's what Chicago? I, You're Miss Chicago. Anything going on in Chicago? Oh, the weather is perfect in Chicago. Um, been enjoying <laughs> a couple of Cubby games, of course. Yeah. Um, even though we have, you know, not so great season this year. Still enjoying. You know, the Cubs were actually like the sixth best attended uh, team in the league, even though we have like the worst record <laughs> in the league. So it, Cub fans are diehard. So it's been a great summer to go to see some Cubs some Cubs games. 
that's what I've been doing. That and that and working mostly. But how many games have you went to? Just a few, or are you going Just all the time? Just a few. No, I wish I could say I was going all the time, but probably I think I've gone to two or three this year so far. Not not enough. <laughs> Certainly not enough. You're probably a sports lover's dream when you like go out to get a cocktail. You're giving them all kinds of statistics, like the one you just gave. And they're just like, oh, this is great. What about this? What do you think about the trade that happened yesterday? Are you that person now? Or? Yeah, kind of. I think I think my the analyst team that we have is probably much more popular. The other thing we've done since I've talked to you is we've launched a fan website called The Analyst. Um, so if you haven't been there, you should check it out. It is pretty cool. And it is also where we will debut some of our advanced models and, and metrics that we do ahead of pushing it out to the public. So it gives us a good chance to see how people interact with it, um, whether it's a season prediction model or a live win probability model, or like I mentioned before, momentum and shape, things like that. We'll actually uh, preview that all on the analysts. You'll get predictions, there's podcasts, there's videos. It's great. Awesome. All right, we'll dive into it, but we've and we've got some time here, so let's back up again. Everybody should know you by now. I think how, how many times <laughs> you've been on three or, or, or this is the fourth. Three. Maybe this is the fourth. Yeah, I think something so. something like that. All right, but but still, could you give a little bit of your background? Sure. And then I'd like for you to talk about what Stats Perform is. Okay. For those that may not know, and then I'll dive into some of the questions I have on the broadcasting tools, the fam website, etc. Okay. You mentioned. Sure. All right. So I'm Nancy Hensley. Um, I am the chief product and marketing officer at Stats Perform. I am a Chicagoan, not born, but raised here in Chicago. Um, and I live out in the suburbs where, um, and we are, I am a diehard Cub fan. I am a diehard Blackhawks fan. I'm pretty crushed that we are losing some of our key players there possibly this year too. Um, I have two kids live in the suburbs, two kids, a husband and a dog who's for a walk right now with the dog walker um and i am a i love 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 sports in my spare time i uh, you can find me on my bike hitting the trails probably doing a 20 30 mile ride on my bike if i can nice. squeeze in that much time um that is pretty much my favorite thing to do while i'm listening hey, to is your husband book. still drinking bourbon of course he is. <laughs> yeah, so. Is he finding any bourbon? Because I can't find bourbon right now. The good stuff. Yeah, well, when he finds it, he buys it. So we still have this crazy big collection down in the basement of all the stuff. Every time he comes home with a new bottle, I'm like, did you need that? And he's like, need? Need is not a word here. <laughs> <laughs> and then it reminds me about how I buy shoes. Bourbon shoes to me, bourbon him shoes to me. That's basically how we look at it. Um, so yeah, he's still he's still grabbing it when he can. Um, but you're right, supply chain issues or make things a little bit more difficult. All right, uh, sorry to interrupt. Sure. I'd like a picture of that, by the way. I'd like to see what he's got. But keep going, keep going. I will. All right. So let me tell you about Stats Perform. So Stats Perform is a sports analytics company, and we've always been driven by being able to tell the story of the game at a much deeper level. So you mentioned Moneyball, right? And what's interesting about Moneyball is that the baseball abstracts, which was the whole statistical analysis that Billy Bean used to kind of build the team in a different way. He did that in what, the early 2000s, 2001-ish, 2002-ish? Yeah. Baseball abstracts were written around 1981, I think. So it took 20 years 20 years, pretty much, for somebody to say, hey, this is actually, this could work. 
Um, the guy that wrote the Baseball Abstract was one of the founders of our company. And I think he that describes the spirit that drives us today, which is to look into all aspects of a game or a match and find the hidden story through data. And it's both data that we can collect, but data we can actually create through technology like computer vision as well. Um, and we're doing some really cool things with computer vision to, to do that. Um, so that's what drives us every day. We are global sports. We cover over 500,000 matches a year, 5,000 tournaments a year. Um, we collect billions of unique uh, data points every single every single year. It's, it's crazy. And we consolidate that data and we help create fan engagement. We help feed sports books. We help feed big tech experiences. So like if you ask um, she who sits behind me, who I can't say, but starts with an A-L-E-X. <laughs> um, if you ask her or Siri the score, you do a Google search, that's all us behind that. And then it's all also us who are helping tell better stories to the broadcasters, whether we're physically in the booth, whether we're on a live help desk, or whether we've enabled them to get the real-time information that they need through one of our tools like Pressbox. Um, so we work with broadcasters, we work with media suppliers, we work with teams and leagues. We, do, we have solutions that help them do strategy around a game, recruit, um, and what am I missing? Oh, and sports books. We also um, we also do a lot with sports books, and we recently this year have really added a lot more engagement products to sports books because that's one of the biggest challenges is um, giving them enough, giving people enough information where they stay engaged in the experience of the the betting application. Uh, they weren't really built that way originally, so. So let me let me ask the question this way, just to ground this to, to something that everybody can understand. Who are your customers? Mm -hmm. What I gathered from what you just said were like media, betting mm -hmm. sites, perhaps mm -hmm. teams that would teams, like to investigate. Teams, federations, yep, rights holders. So rights holders meaning like you're a team or a league and you have rights to sell, rights like your data rights, rights like your media rights. So they're also... Um, clients of ours, so media, publishers, broadcasters, teams, leagues, sports books, big tech, you name it. Everybody's into sports. <laughs> what's the most, I don't know, that's kind of a silly question, but what's the most unique usage of your of the products and the analytics you have? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, what surprised you about, how long have you been in the role now? Three years? Two and a half years. Yep. Two and a half years, pretty close. Yep. So you've been there th two and a half years. What's the biggest surprise or use case of stats perform? I don't know if it would be a biggest surprise, but I think the what has surprised me is the hunger for sports content that goes just about everywhere. And so when I'm talking to the sales team, they're like, yeah, we're putting it on we're putting our content on monitors that are in every airport, um, monitors that are in taxi cabs, monitors that are in gas station pumps, like you name it. There's just anytime you add sports content, you're actually getting a huge amount of engagement. So advertisers, sponsors love sports content. And um, I mean, that there's a, a huge hunger for it. And then you throw in sports betting, right? that combination of sports betting plus you throw in some odds that is a different kind of engagement as well so um pretty much everybody has a hunger for it no matter what industry you're in if you run a campaign and you can somehow align it to sports data like 
hey, the next time this uh, somebody scores a home run, we are going to give you free tacos at Taco Bell, for example. I don't know, I'm just giving you an example, but mm-hmm. and that is, it's a great way to get a lot of traction with a campaign. So everybody loved sports data. And I don't think I appreciated how much and how, what the variance of clients were until I got into this role. And I could look to see thousands and thousands and thousands of clients that buy sports data for various reasons, whether it's ads or campaigns or putting it on a monitor or um, whatever it might be. So does that mean you're working with like insurance? I remember the Chiefs one time had a, if if we held the opposing team to zero points and you bought a big screen TV at this place, it's for free. And the weird deal is everybody went out and bought these big screen TVs because they mm-hmm. needed it anyway. And we held them to zero points. It was a big deal. I don't know how many big screens, but I'm sure... There, you know, there's, there's got to be the odds that they went in with. I mean, the odds, odds of holding somebody to zero, not even a field goal, is like next to nothing. But mm-hmm. do you do that as well? We currently don't create odds ourselves, but we work with a bunch of partners that do, um, as well you as you just odds give them the stats. Yeah, we'll give them the stats. We'll give them the insights. So a lot of times, what people are looking for is some sort of really interesting insight that aligns to that event plus whatever the odds are for that particular match or game. Makes sense. I mean, do you have a lot of competitors? Are you guys out there on your own lonesome here? (laughs) We have a few competitors. Um, There there are only a couple of companies that are the same scale as us in terms of how big we are and how global we are that are out there. They're actually both public companies. They went public last year. Um, so there's a few of them out there and then there's a lot of niche players. I mean, sports tech as an industry is, uh, it, it, it's so huge. It's everything from the, the stadium systems to the wearables, to the data collection, to the analytics, like it's a big swath in the industry. We're specific, a portion of it that relates to more like the data and analytics piece of sports tech. And that's a smaller portion of that industry, but it's probably still one of the fastest growing parts of the industry. I mean, I don't you I don't know if you saw it or but just to give you an example, our one of my competitors did the data deal with uh, the NFL this past year. And they for the rights to have the NFL's data, they paid the NFL a hundred over a hundred I think it was like $115 million. <laughs> like that is huge. But obviously they're gonna monetize that through a lot of sports betting, right? That's where the the big money is. But the value of data is absolutely huge. And then on top of that, there is a huge value on content. So going back to the comment that I made about how everybody wants sports data in some way, shape or form, whether you're a sports book and you're trying to engage a better, whether you're a a media or a publisher and you're trying to engage a better to send to a sports book to make some money through affiliate linking, whether you're a broadcaster and you're trying to differentiate by telling a a better story or a more unique story. Uh, Everybody wants more data, more content, more insight that's unique. But does that mean in that case, like the one you mentioned where somebody paid a hundred, how much was it? A hundred and over a hundred. I think it was like 115 million for the, for the rights for the data. For the data. But does that mean that you're lacking the NFL data or do you get it in other ways? That means we get it in other ways. We won't be the official. So we won't be the one selling it to the sports books, for example. But what we're really great at is the content and the expertise with that content. So we can still get the data and we still have some of the best experts in the industry. And you put those two things together, 
then you can create some great content, some great insights. And that's what people really, really want, especially on the media and the fan side. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's at several different levels. So you could be the official data supplier, the unofficial, the key, there's all the different layers, but if you want to be the official, the, the rights, um, it's been really interesting, even since I've joined stats perform, just the diversification of the industry has been pretty tremendous. I mean, 10 years ago, if somebody would have said Apple and Amazon and Google now are going to be competitors for for sports streaming, people would have laughed, right? So big tech is now squeezing into this sports streaming space and it's gonna fundamentally change how people consume sports because it's gonna be a much more technical, technologically advanced experience than a linear TV viewing experience. So that's interesting because that's like, that's a perfect case of monetizing data. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about how data is monetized but I don't know, that brings off a ton of different questions. I could probably get in a rat <laughs> hole here really quick. But I'm, well, what I'm thinking about is, I, I presume the players, when they agree to play in the NFL, they're turning over their data. So they have, I don't know if they have mm -hmm. rights, but then I think, all right, let's go to the NCAA. The NCAA just made a change in the US where players can get paid for their likeness. Mm -hmm. I don't right. know if that, comes into play here or what, or you can't use some set data, you can use some, how can you, I, I don't know. It's kind of separate. So the, the ruling you were talking about is so that if a NCAA player, somebody who plays for Notre Dame or somebody who plays for Minnesota, starts to, their likeness is used to drive sponsorships and advertising, they should get paid for that, right? And that, that is absolutely the case. And so now more, more and more college athletes are starting to be at least more aware of what their value is from a branding perspective. Now that's different than the data of the game. So you're a player on a team and you're paid to do that. And similar to like, if you create something at IBM, IBM owns that intellectual capital because you're creating that at work. The data generated by the game is also owned by the entity. That's how people look at it today. Now that could change over time. And it, and it certainly has been challenged in Europe, by the way, but not with any kind of success. <laughs> so um, again, you're talking about event data, not like somebody's heartbeat or their blood pressure or anything personal about that player, but you're talking about the number of yards they rushed or the, the points that they scored. That's data of the game. So I, I don't see it being a challenge anytime soon. Now there are there are some wearables out there and I recently saw a story actually about um, a wearable that it might've been a golfer or a tennis player, somebody was wearing something. You could actually see on the broadcast through this app or something, what their heart rate was as they played. Like, But they gave consent to that. I don't know how <laughs> valuable that really is to be honest. I, like, would, you know what? It would be interesting to me <laughs> I, because because I'm thinking, I wonder how high their heart rate does get. Are they in that great of shape that it goes up to like 118 when they're you know playing tennis full on where I'm at like 145 and dying? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know? I'll tell you, if you're doing game strategy, there's been a lot of, over the years at MIT Sloan, I've seen a couple of research papers that really look at how different players perform under the pressure of the game. So in a really tense situation, 
you think you'd put in your top players, but your top players may perform differently in that situation versus another player's more steadily performer. Um, and measuring that and understanding how a player reacts under the pressure of a game is very strategic to know, right? Because you, yeah. you may think you want to put that player in, but they may not consistently perform in that last 30 seconds when somebody's got to deliver. And so there, there's been lots of work that's been done on that over the years, but it's more on the, the wearable side. There's looking at biometrics and transforming that into usable knowledge for strategic of the game. Well, see, I don't know if you can get that data. That'd be the, that's kind of why I ask it. But if you could get that personalized data, in other words, it's no different than I'm, I've been watching F1. I've been getting the F1 lately and they've got like analytics all over that car. They can see if it's overheating, mm-hmm. et cetera. They need mm-hmm. to come in for a pit or otherwise. Well, if you could do that for a player, hey, Messi's overheating. He's at like 160 <laughs> right now and he's been running his butt off. He's been over 140 yeah. for like 15 minutes. Get in front of him because he ain't going to be able to catch yeah. him. There's you know? huge value. And I know there's a lot of companies focus on it. We, we don't focus on it. We're, we're looking at more of the event and tracking data and the story of the game, not necessarily the story of the player. Um, but I, I do think that there's probably a huge portion of the sports tech business that is focused on that because it's important. So you are focused on things like media, sportsbook, teams, rights holders. Do you do anything straight to the customer, by the way? In other words, if I wanted to purchase something on demand, I just love sports and I want to see these statistics because I geek out on it. Is that, do you have anything the room analyst. for that? The analyst, you can, the you analyst. can get on the analyst. Yep. The analyst.com is our fan site um, where oh, our fans can go direct and see a lot of the content we produce and really get some deeper level expertise. Um, that is the only direct to fan we do. We do have a, a very big social following. So the analysts aside, I think we have over 2 million social followers across our Twitter and Instagram. And I think we have TikTok now um, where we interact a lot directly with fans around the content we put out. So if you follow um, some of our Twitter channels, like Stats by Stats is mostly focused on our American sports. And then we have um, Opta Joe, which is our soccer main soccer channel. And then we have that across multiple languages. And we have one specific for tennis. That's where we have a lot of direct fan engagement as well. And you can pick up a lot of great insights for you because you are you follow U.S. sports stats by stats you would love. Does it cost? I presume it does. Nope. Nope. The, it's just the, Twitter. The fan doesn't cost? The analyst is – there's no cost to the analyst at the moment. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay. That's fair. I think at some point, so get in um, early. It is well, yeah. We we launched it about a little over a year ago. It is amazing how fast it's grown. It really it, it it's blown my mind because we haven't done any kind of marketing or advertising of it at all. And uh, I mean, I hear about it from college kids that know the site. So it's grown really, really quickly. Well, what's more, can I hear then? What is the uh, what's the uh, address? Theanalyst.com. Pretty easy to remember. You can find the- podcasts. The analyst. The yep. analyst.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. You would think that would have been taken, but that's, uh, that's good. It the was. Analyst.com. We still went after it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, all right. Got it. So that's interesting, but let's go back to some of your use cases again, then now you were jumping into several when we just, uh, when we, that's yeah. okay. No, this is great. Let's this is, I told you. That we... Let's talk about broadcast. <laughs> okay. Go to broadcast. So, 
if you've ever seen the inside of a, of a broadcast booth and they're in the, in the throes of a game, you've got the broadcaster themselves and then there's tons of people behind them. Those people are doing research, they're gathering data, they're looking at social, they're following the game. And the assistant producer who's really feeding the content to the person who's actually talking that you hear, right? is responsible for making sure that they can get really good content as quickly as possible so that that broadcaster can say something unique and brilliant. That's tougher said than done, right? So usually they have like three or four screens. They have sometimes multiple phones. They're trying to follow everything. Imagine trying to consume all of that. So what we've done is we've actually consolidated it together into one dashboard where you can see automated insights that are coming through that are generated by AI around the, the events of the game. So if a score happens, it'll generate some content or some insight around the last time they scored this or something like that. There's regular event data, there's player information, there's player charts, there's everything you need, visualizations, everything you need in one dashboard. So you can just click around and easily provide that broadcaster or that live blogger, whoever it might be, really good, deep content as quick as the game. It's live. And then if for some reason, like you pick up something really interesting, you want to double down on it, you could actually click a button and you can get straight to our live experts who can help you out. It's pretty cool. So you're the person that's filling Charles Barkley's head. Is that right? Well, not Charles Barkley, but we do a lot with, uh, <laughs> I wish it was Charles Barkley. That was a joke. Um, that was a joke. I don't know. He's got a lot of, <laughs> but I like listening to him. Anyway, keep going. Who, whose head are so, you feeling then? So we started it with soccer um, and we we got, it was a huge hit. We, we kicked it off last year. The product's called Pressbox Live. Pressbox is a whole portfolio of products. So we have a graphics tools. You can actually throw together really cool graphics with data stickers. People love data and push it out through via Twitter, like you were a graphics designer, but you can literally do it in seconds, even on your phone. Um, there's Pressbox Live, which follows the game live. That's the live dashboard. And then there's Pressbox Video, which is if I'm doing like pregame or postgame content, I'm looking at press interviews, player interviews, things like that, or anything else, I can go through Pressbox Video, download, edit, unbranded content, add it to my coverage. So what we aim to do is help a broadcaster or a publisher or media client from pre-game, live game, and then post-game, like all the tools that they need to do that. That's Pressbox. Um, we started off Pressbox Live with soccer. We just added NFL um, football and NCAA football. I have to say football and football because it's football. Of course. Soccer is football, right? So football yeah. and then our football. Um, and we're continuing to add sports as we go. Uh, the other, the other tools are, are multi-sports. Pressbox Live, we're, we're continuing to add sports. We just kicked that one off, but pretty exciting. All of our really cool visualizations are integrated in there. Some of our live AI capabilities are integrated in there as well. Some of the great predictions, our insights, um, our, uh, our content that is really great content on player bios and previews, which is generated by NLG. It's also integrated into it's all in one place. It's wow. Cool. So like, but is the customer there like NBC or yeah. press, any kind of press? <laughs> yeah. Media? Yeah. yeah. Like those guys. Yeah. Um, even but it wouldn't be like for me, that'd be, that'd be that press for me. It'd be the yeah. analyst.com. 
for you it would be theanalyst.com but yeah by the way so, i went out to analyst.com there's some pretty cool yep. stuff out here i'm, I'm sitting deep pockets deep accuracy how kyler murray fits among the 40 million dollar qb club and then i, I scroll down and i see uh projecting the breakout players of the 2022 nfl season i'm thinking mm-hmm. this is going to help me with fantasy absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, by the way, if you've got any insight on fantasy, you can send me on the slide. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll tell you. Uh, so I, you know, we obviously we all play fantasy around here, but there is nothing worse than playing fantasy with a bunch of people who live and breathe the performance data. So you are, are never going to win your fantasy league. Like never. Even even I have an employee who lives in Nice, doesn't even know American sports very well. But he has all he does the statistical analysis much better than I do. And he he will win the fantasy every single time. So um so yeah, it's wow. not as much fun playing with my with my fellow teammates, but it's still fun. Well, maybe I should follow that person on the side and just give him some money or her some money so that uh, whatever move they make, I make too. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I don't know how he does it, but he, he nails it every time. Baseball especially, like he somehow gets baseball every time, but we talked about Press Box Live. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's for the mm-hmm. NBCs, ABCs, Fox of the World. All right. Then you've got the analyst.com. That's for mm-hmm. me. And now I'm a fan. I'm going to start reading this material. Hey, podcast listeners. Al Martin here. I had a great chat with Nancy Hensley on Moneyball, as I term it. Anytime a podcast goes 45 minutes or longer, though, I tend to split them up, and I'm going to do that here today. My jogs outside only last 45 minutes, so that's my usually my limit. Not always, but usually my limit. So I'm going to split it up. You'll see part two next week. Please listen. It was a great, it was a great ending to a great dialogue. Thank you. Talk to you next time. Bye.